Hi, and welcome to the seventh episode of Husky Talk. We are your hosts, Joe Snodgrass and Brianna Landhart. Today we are joined by Becca Moore. Our first segment of the show is titled, Who Inspires You? During this segment, we would like to ask you to tell us a little bit about who inspires you to get involved in the Iditarod. Okay, sounds good. Um, so let's see, who inspires me and um, to get involved with the Iditarod? Um, a lot of that came from um, my brother and his love for Alaska. We grew up in Colorado, and he just had this grand love for Alaska. And um, he kind of, he was 11 years older than me. And um, so he really got me into the outdoors and, uh, and you know, hiking, backpacking, and fishing, camping. So from that, I just formed my love of the outdoors. And then years later, and um, I had moved up to Alaska, and I'd gotten a job with the Forest Service, and then I came across people who were dog mushers, and that really just renewed my passion and love for wanting to be on the trail. So I started getting involved with dog mushing by becoming a guide, and I actually became a guide back in Colorado, and then after a year of that, I moved back to Alaska. So. Um, my main inspiration was my brother. Right, that's nice. Thank you. We are now going to move on to our Q&A segment. Okay. First of all, we noticed you were raised in Germany. What brought you to the United States? Um, yeah, I was raised in Germany. My mother's German, so she was born and raised there and didn't come to the United States until she was 27. And I didn't come to the United States until I was six years old. And the main reason we came over here, my dad was in the military, and he got stationed in Fort Carson, Colorado. So that was the, the main reason uh, for our move to the U.S. That's amazing. We are going to focus many of our questions on your family. Can you tell us how, you, how your children help out at the kennel? Oh, definitely. They, I'm so fortunate. They, they are really, really into the dogs and running the dogs and training and races. So um, never, we never push them to be interested in it. They just develop a love of it all on their own. So even now they have 21 dogs that they take care of completely. So in the morning before classes, they get up and the dogs need watered. And then when they come home in the evening, they, you know, they feed them and uh, scoop up after them. And if anybody needs straw, so, and they help us prep for all of our races by folding booties and doing ointment packs, getting the food ready, and then all the way to packing the bags. So they are 100% involved in the daily operation of the kennel. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty fun. They, they have several races coming up this season. They did a three-week race series last year, so they are completely jazzed to do that again and and uh, race race their dogs and some new dogs, so they're pretty excited. Thanks. That was our next question. When you were in the Iditarod, how did you keep your focus away from missing your kids and on the race? Oh, that was really 
because uh, in 2015, we actually had to start in Fairbanks. And when you start in Fairbanks, your first checkpoint is Nanana. And usually if you run the traditional route, you don't get to see your family unless they fly to the checkpoint. But when you start in Fairbanks, you actually do get to see your family um, that first stop 60 miles into the race. So there I am 60 miles into the race and I pull in and I see my kids and everything's great. You know, I'm bedding down my dog and feed them and take care of them and get a bite to eat and repack my bag. And the kids are there watching all this happen. And I'm thinking, oh, this is great that they get this firsthand experience to see this. But then it's time for me to leave and pull the hook. And, um, you know, I'm saying goodbye and see you guys in nine or ten days or so. See you in Nome. And they start crying. And then I just felt terrible. And I had not really mentally prepared myself for that part of it. Um, so it was uh, quite the strain that first evening to to pull the hook and, you know, drive my team out into the night with the kids standing there on the trail. So they actually made up a song later on that my mama left me in the Nana, and we, now we can laugh about it. But, yeah, I have to stay very focused. <laughs> it's quite the tune. <laughs> um, really focused out there to... You know, know that the dog care was most important and getting to know them was most important. And I knew that I had prepped everything and the kids were taken care of at home. So I just, you know, always relied on my preparation that they were fine and that everything's going to be great when I get to know them. And they're going to see that together we accomplished this, you know, this great thing. So because they were so involved. So that's kind of, I just, Stay focused on my goal um, because I wanted to get to know not just for myself but for the dogs and for the kids, uh, so they could we could all celebrate together. So I, that was my that's what kept me going forward. All right, all right, thank you. Since You're welcome. Since your husband also does the Iditarod, what is it like having to wait for him to get home from the Iditarod, knowing he is out in dangerous conditions? Oh, yeah, that is really tough. Um, you know, we, he's been doing this for, oh, oh, let's see, this will be, I think, his 22nd Iditarod. Uh, but now that we have the trackers and the insider, it makes things a lot easier because I can see when he's moving and when he's resting and I get little snippets of updates and I can verify like okay yes he's doing fine but about 10 years ago before all of that new technology the updating was really slow um i would have to call the headquarters and you know ask like is has Ramey left yet where is he how many dogs did he have how is he doing um and sometimes you know you'd look on the computer and since they didn't have trackers it was all updated by phone and someone calling from a checkpoint and then someone getting onto a computer and updating manually. So updates didn't happen very often. And so I would see, like, why is he in Roseland for 22 hours? And then I'd start to worry. But little did I know, he just hadn't been updated yet. Um, and so I always worried. And another thing I worried about is that I didn't know the trail at all. So... Being in a place like Unicleter,
like a shakti, like didn't make sense to me because I, I didn't know what that was to, you know, and the, the distances and the ice and the, the weather conditions. Um, so it, it, it was hard. It was hard, but I, you know, with the kids and still having the dog, the rest of the dogs at the kennel, um, I was always super busy. So that helped. But now that I've seen the trail, um, it definitely makes me feel a lot better with him having him out there because then I know, like, okay, you know, if they say he's in Unicleat, I know where that is. I know what he has coming up. And so that gives me um, a little more ease when I'm waiting for him at home. Okay, thank you. That was very interesting. What do you think it's like for your kids while you're either your husband you or your husband do the I did your odd. How do I think it is for the kids? Yeah. Oh, um, I know it's always hard when one of us leaves at the start, but once we're on the trail, they are super excited to look at the tracker. And so a lot of their day is, you know, they're, they're at doing their schoolwork and they'll run and check the tracker or out doing chores and run and check the tracker. And it, it kind of gives them a little boost because they run out and go run their dogs too. And so even though that, that those first hours of when either parent leaves is really hard on them, overall it's a really, really good experience. And they have a fun, a fun time tracking the progress and packing for Nome and getting on the plane and being at the finish line. So um, it, it's a really good experience for them. They, they love it. They look forward to it every year. That sounds fun. What does your family enjoy to do together when not working with sled dogs? Oh, let's see. Well, the sled dogs take up so much of our time. We don't have tons of time to do other things, but this, um, this spring and summer, we actually started doing weekly backpacking trips. So uh, we would have a friend come and see the dogs for the evening that we were gone. And we all looked forward to packing our backpacks and taking our border collie. And even the baby, <laughs> I, I got to carry her. So we would do our weekly backpacking trips. Um, we like to go rafting and dip netting where we go and harvest, um, sockeye salmon down in the Kasilov area, which is south of here. Um, so we like to fill our freezer full of salmon and kids love to take part in that. It's on a really nice beach and we have our nest in the water catching lots of salmon. Um, so those are... Those are the things we like to do when we're not running dogs. And most of that time is summer or spring when it's not, when we're not so pressured to do training. That's more of a, of a relaxed time, like April, May, and June. Oh, that's cool. What do you enjoy most about working with the sled dogs? Oh, I love, oh, everything. But my, my, my favorite thing is watching the young dogs develop um, to see who they're going to become and working, getting to work so closely with them and seeing how they can run further miles and maybe one of them becomes a leader or, you know, a really, really good team dog. Um, I just, I love seeing their growth 
and their personalities. They're all so different. And you can have 60 dogs, and they're all so very different from each other. It's like having a classroom of 50 kids. It's just really wonderful. And, um, yeah, so that's one of my favorite things, just, just watching them grow and develop into these wonderful athletes. That's amazing. What is your favorite part of the Iditarod? Oh, my favorite part. Well, once I pack my sled, I just love to keep going. So training's really hard for me because I, you know, I have to go out and come back and go out and come back. And um, so I, once I'm packed, I just love to keep going. I love the checkpoints. I love the trail and all the people that you meet along the way. I love the quiet that I can have endless hours all by myself. And even with 80 people or 60 to 80 people in the race, it's amazing how much time um, you are alone and you don't see anyone. You know, a few people may pass by here and there, but it's, it's pretty spectacular to just get to travel day after day with your dog team. And that is all that you're doing. You know, you're just out there with you and your team. So um, even when I get to know my I always wish I could just keep going a few more days because I, I love to travel down the trail. So that's definitely my favorite part. All right, thank you. What checkpoint on the Iditarod was your favorite so far? Oh, boy. I sure, I love, I love Uniclete and I love Caltech. So, oh, and I love Koyak. Let's see, out of those three, which would be my favorite? I would say, mm, boy, probably Uniclete. I really like that. There's just something about having come, passing old woman cabin and coming across that, that big expanse is pretty spectacular when you arrive in Uniclete. So I, I, love, I love that checkpoint. All right, we have a new segment we are adding to to our show this week. What are your three favorite Iditarod-themed books? Oh, Iditarod-themed books. Um, I really like Jeff Schultz's book, um, Chasing Dogs, because I think it just gives a really good view of the trail. Um, you know, he's a really amazing photographer, and it's hard, just the dogs and the different equipment and the mushers over the years and different segments of the trail throughout the years. Um, that's one of my favorite ones. So chasing dogs. Um, I love, Oh, which other ones? Ooh, there's so many good ones. There's some, other, uh, Lou Friedman has, I did a run, uh, trail. What is it? Tales from the trail. And, um, he had interviewed a bunch of different mushers. He has several volumes, but it, it's nice to hear the little tidbits of uh, other mushers' stories. So that's one of them. And um, hmm, what is another one? Oh, the um, oh, what is their book? It's uh, Shannon Cartwright and Shelley Gill. They have a. Uh, their Iditarod curriculum book, and I always thought that was really well put together and well done. So uh, those are probably my top three favorite books related to Iditarod. We have Chasing Dogs and 
Tales from Mushers Along the Trail. We have them right here. Yeah, you do? Do you guys like them too? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for your time and for allowing us to talk with you. Thank you both so much for inviting me to talk about Iditarod and share some of my stories with you. And I just wanted to apologize that I missed the call yesterday. I felt terrible. So I'm really glad that I got to speak with both of you today. Thanks. Right, thank you. Special thanks to Becca Moore for joining us on our seventh episode of Husky Talk. Tune in for next week for our special guest, Larry Doherty. Special credit to Hobo Jim for our theme song, the Iditarod Trail song.